We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul with Tommy Avance on our midweek show. It is a different kind of show for us. I gotta be honest. I'm just getting home. School's getting ready to start. We want to make sure we get something out to you, but it's not gonna be a perfect. Show. There's no way it's gonna happen because I am a moving guy, busy guy. Edits are a little bit slow to happen, and so therefore I'm just gonna ask you to put with us a little bit if the audio is not perfect or if I go on a, a weird rant that I just can't cut out later. Is that cool, Tommy? Yeah. 
by the way, Tommy Vance is here, <laughs> and we're going to talk some Rams football. The Rams going to Hawaii, and allow a little bit of interesting stuff going on with the team. But first things first, I have to ask Tommy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great on this wonderful Thursday. It's a beautiful, little extra hot, sunny day in uh, beautiful Los Angeles. How hot? Uh, about 91. 91? Yeah, it's hot. A little bit above the average right now this time of year, but I'm indoors with the AC on. You guys Relaxing. usually, you guys usually get that, you know, that big heat bump around, you know, September first, right? The 95, 96 area. Yeah, it's it's always the worst too. Growing up here, the first week of school, everybody's wearing their new threads and new clothes, looking all fresh, and it's always the hottest week of the year. So it's yeah, it's horrible. It's been a little bit weird on our end here. It's actually been a very mild summer, and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I'm going back to school this week. Like no, the, the, the summer's been mild over here too. Overall, where did this off season go, Tommy? We are heading towards a second preseason game, and it feels like I just left school for last year's school year, like two days ago. Now we're going to see the Rams play in Hawaii this weekend, and their throwbacks. And school starts for me come next week, Monday. Yeah, it's mm. it came quick and and. For the first time ever over the last, this is going into the fourth season now, having the team back in my hometown. Um, having the team that you root for in the town you live in, I never realized how exhausting it is um, when you're a season ticket holder. It's a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. But man, doing the tailgating and setting mm-hmm. that all, there's a lot that goes into this stuff, guys, just so you know. it's Especially when you throw big tailgates like we do and host you know a lot of people um we have to prepare a lot of food set up i mean it's a, it burns you out so yeah the season's starting and we were just talking about it the other day with our group and we're not ready you know <laughs> we're not ready not we're not gonna tailgate for the for the broncos the only preseason game we have in los angeles we're just going to set up our canopies park hang out we're not going to cook any food we're probably going to go We'll end up in the Fields restaurant at some point, um, the soccer LAFC soccer stadium restaurant. Yeah. We did that last year, too, by halftime on two of the preseason games. We left, and we went to the restaurant and watched the rest of the game in the air conditioning. I know it sounds crazy leaving the stadium to go watch it indoors, but it's a preseason game. Who cares? It was super hot, man. Well, in fairness to, to any Rams fans out there, I mean, honestly – I don't know how familiar most people are with the Coliseum, but there is no shade. None. There's nowhere you can hide. No, technically there is, but it's not much, and it's only at certain times of the game. So if you're on the home side, um, tucked up closer to the suites and the club boxes, you will be in the shade for most of the game. If you're on the west side of the stadium where I sit, the sun sets behind me, so by the second quarter, uh, middle of second quarter, the sun tucks back behind the top of the stadium, and we're in the shade. So if you're sitting on the visiting side, you're screwed. Well, what I'm really saying though is, is you will hit, you will get sun no matter where you sit. Oh, yeah. At some point, you oh, are going yeah. to get sun. There's no way around mm-hmm. it. Mm-mm. But you know, it's weird. We were just talking before the show too about how they're unveiling the new Coliseum renovations and. It's a shame the NFL has changed up a bit here in terms of the needs of a football stadium because I got to be honest, the Coliseum looks pretty good. I like it. I think for me, I like to look at it this way. I never, when 
the Rams left the Coliseum to go to Anaheim, I was two years old, right? So I never experienced the Los Angeles Rams. I experienced, you know, the, the I only knew the Anaheim Rams, right, until they moved to St. Louis. I I hear all the stories from the guys older than me and all that, and but I never got to go to a Rams game at the Coliseum. So to be able to spend four total seasons there before we moved to Inglewood is a big deal for me. It's, it's a... It's a bucket list thing. I, I'm experiencing what generations experienced that came before me. So it's really cool. And really historical. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It's one of the oldest, if not the oldest stadium in our country, man. You know, that's a big yeah. deal. I wonder it's beautiful, Soldier too. How old Soldier Field? Compare to that? Let me think here. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the, the year. It's old. I just don't know which one's older. 1923, I believe, is the Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I think Soldier Field is is younger, but I need to check for sure. I need to look it up. I will look it up for next show. Okay, folks. As we get, oh, <laughs> there we go. I'm messing up already. So, folks, listen, Nay, hey, take it easy on my guy Derek. You <laughs> only slept three hours last I night. I am tired. Being generous, <laughs> <laughs> I am a tired dude, folks. This episode is sponsored by Jim Hawk and his book Hollywood's team. We also we do have a winner. For the ticket contest, I'll announce that this Sunday and get a hold of the winner first. So tune in to see who that is. We want to remind you that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Sound, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and of course, Apple Music. And don't forget to subscribe and leave that wonderful five-star review. If you think we deserve it, it would help us out. It helps the other shows on our network as well if you leave a rating there. And we still have that contest going on to try and get the 205 star reviews. And for whatever reason, people, I haven't got a, we haven't got a review there for a while, despite the fact we have this contest going on. I don't know if it's just the work of it or anything that people just don't want to do it. Or I hate that that passes through my mind, but maybe, maybe folks don't think we deserve a five star. I don't know, Tommy. I don't do that. It makes me sad. Or people just don't like to write nice things anymore. <laughs> they, <laughs> like, if you go on Yelp, all the reviews are always negative. You'll see, like, people, you know, put five stars, and mm-hmm. they won't leave a review. They'll just, boom, five star. Nothing needs to be said. I hooked you up with a five star, right? But the reviews, usually, Almost all you know, have. when you got the one star, you'll see a, you know, three a, paragraphs. <laughs> three paragraphs of somebody saying how much you stink. It's yeah, just, exactly. they're just telling you how awful you are. They're, they're going to add in the whole part where you have body odor, too, while you're at it. You're just, Everything. They're just going to dump on you left and right. So, folks, how about this? We would really appreciate some kind of feedback in there. So, again, our contest, RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. If you just send a screenshot with your review there, or you can message me on Twitter, message us on Facebook. I'll take it there. And if you happen to leave something written, we'll read it on the air. We'll read your feedback. on the, We'll give you a shout-out on the show. We do that also for our interest podcast, and people seem to like it, and we deserve, if you're going to put the effort in to write out a review for us that tells us what you think, then, you know, of course we should shout you out. Absolutely we should shout you out. So there you go. Don't forget that Tommy has t-shirts here for Rams Uncensored, so reach out to him, Ram Tommy in LA on Twitter, and of course, we're still waiting on an update from Dom. Dom has been hospitalized now for a little over a week, and he's been, they, they have been in an area where cell phones aren't really allowed in there. So we have not heard something in a while. I'm probably going to give him a call here next day or so to his mom and see what's going on. But Dom's still in the hospital, and his his campaign is still out there as well. So getting into football talk, this is going to be kind of a grab bag of subjects. We haven't really heard too much new 
out of camp this week, with the exception of Todd Gurley running 21 miles per hour. Did you see that, Tommy? No, I did not. Oh, my gosh. I got to send you a link for this. Rams Wire, our friends over there, had an article out today, Cam, talking about how 21 miles an hour, that is what they clocked him at here in camp. Uh, it's a quote from McVeigh. When you look at the way we monitor these guys with the GPS and tracking system, he's seeing speeds that are as high as he's ever hit before. So you can see the guy's strong, McVeigh said. He's hit 21 miles an hour running yesterday in practice. I think he's feeling good. That's a great sign. That's a great sign. It is, and it just goes to show that, you know, we've had an off-season full of blabber. And you can see it when Todd's at the podium, the few interviews that I've watched um, of him this off-season during training camp at Irvine and whatnot and up in Agoura Hills and even up in, in Oakland when they were training with the Raiders. He looks very – when he has to go up to the podium and talk to the everybody, he looks really irritated because uh-huh. – I mean, if it was me, I'd kind of be irritated, too, if you asked me the same dumb questions every day. Like, give me a break, man. Come on, man. It's well, got to be exhausting. It is. And you know what? They're not, he's not going to be able to answer any questions right now anyways. Why would he, though? Like, we t- I talked about it yesterday on Uncensored. Why, what skin in the game do the Rams and Todd Gurley have to tell the general public that he has arthritis? Who cares? I don't want nobody knowing that about me. You know, that's my business. It's not it's not an injury, so it doesn't need to be on the injury report. It's a condition. OK, mm-hmm. so he doesn't they don't have to disclose it. That's why I was getting so frustrated last year when they were talking about it during the playoffs. And then when the season was over, thinking, why aren't they disclosing this on the injury report? I'm Because it's not an injury, you idiot. It's a condition. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. I have a bad back. I don't have to tell you that. You know, I could suit up and play. I don't have to tell you that I have a bad back. It's not an injury. It's a condition. I mean, and honestly, we don't know even how bad the arthritis is. And this is one of the big arguments I got with that one dude who used to be on ESPN. He later blocked me because he's oversensitive. What's his name? Seeing somebody? I don't oh, know. Yeah. You can remember that whole discussion I had. Okay. Yeah. Ridiculous. He wasn't even being factual in his comments. And the main thing that I'm trying to say when it comes to Gurley is, is Okay, I think it's safe to assume he probably has some level of arthritis. That's what, ha- that's what happens with ACLs. But you have no idea where the arthritis is. You have no idea how deep it's in there. You have no idea the progress of it. We just don't know. And we come to find out, Todd had that injury last year, week one. He played the whole season that way until he finally wore down. So, honestly, I don't think we even know anything about how in-depth that arthritis is for a while. We might not know for a year or two if they do this the right way. And honestly, we can talk about him going 21 miles an hour in practice. Now, that's great. Outstanding. But where will he be come December? That's the big test. How much will his body hold up as the year wears on? That's where the You'll question has to be answered. He's going to have 100 less carries this year. Yeah, I think so. They don't, need to give him, they don't need to give him that many touches when you have as many good running backs as we do right now on the roster. You don't, man. Just live to fight another day. If you want to win a Super Bowl, make sure Todd's available. Make sure he's make sure he's healthy. And I think you're right. He's going to have 100 less. I'm not sure if it's carries, but maybe 100 less touches. At yeah, least. touches, fine. That's fair. And I think another part of that, too, we have to be aware of is the development of Daryl Henderson. There were some complaints about his, you know, his vision 
this week after that preseason game. So there has to be progress there. I think it's a little bit overrated in terms of what people are talking about because he's a rookie playing in the NFL for the first time. I don't really think yeah, it's a it's big stupid. deal. Yeah, he ran in. He ran in a different system in college than he's running in now. He's not used to running in a zone-style run um, offense. He'll get it. Relax. It's running back well, position. The fear you know? is he becomes another Trent Richardson and so on and so forth. I guess that's possible, but I think it's the guy's been playing football a large portion of his life. The Rams saw what they saw on film with him. They know what they're doing. If they didn't think he could adapt to the system, they wouldn't have taken him. Yeah, I mean, the he had a good run against the Raiders, and he hit the wrong hole, and he got nine yards. So I don't care. <laughs> I mean, worst comes to worst, you you get him out there, and you run him outside here and there, and you don't even you don't even need to do all that much with that. Just get him outside, get him in screens. You can still involve him in the offense without making sure he knows every aspect of the offense. It's no, a lot it doesn't easier. have to. Use the 52-yard wide field to wear out the mm-hmm. defense. Just like you said, get him outside, mm-hmm. get the defense tired. Right? Absolutely. That's what you want to do. You want to wear him out. And the best way to do that is to use the width of the field. Absolutely. Okay, so that's out of the way. Another thing that brought about a little bit of feedback this week was the announcements on the uniforms. And I don't have too many problems with it. Other people did. And I think it's because they're honestly they're tired of the St. Louis colors, unfortunately. I mean, the Rams just should have changed their uniforms already, but I don't have too many problems with it. I have, a, I have one. I want to save it until I hear from you. But what are your thoughts on the way the uniforms are set apart? Well, they're wearing the throwback Los Angeles colors less home games than they did last year, which is a little frustrating. They're wasting two of them. Um, on preseason games, one in Hawaii and one here in Los Angeles, I figured, why not switch those out and use the the throwbacks for more Coliseum games? But but I was under own. the impression they could wear the throwbacks however often they wanted to; that they weren't limited. That's the well, impression. I mean, if that's I was the case, in. then they made the wrong choice, in my opinion. I mean, I get why they're wearing them in September. They did it last year too, you mm-hmm. know, but. I don't know. I'm so, not a fan. I mean, week six, like, why are you wearing them at home against the Niners? Why are you wearing the white uniforms? It's October. It's not going to be hot, dude. Give me a break. They could have switched the Hawaii game out with this one. That would have gave us one more. Um, if Look, the way I see it is if they're going to go to new uniforms next year and they're not going to have the throwbacks that we're seeing right now, I want to see them more, not less, right? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong because you've, You've had more conversations with the public relations department than I have, obviously, because I've had zero. You know several of them there, actually. What are you hearing about the uniforms? I'm hearing directly from the team that they're not going to screw this up, is what they said, (laughs) jokingly. You know what I mean? And gave us a big smile, which was great. They know that they need to keep it as close as possible for us. You know, I think, you know, people get why is it such a big deal okay i'm gonna explain Mm -hmm. it to you the los angeles rams uniform is one of the most iconic uniforms in sports history do you agree i absolutely agree exactly so why would you want to get rid of that i mean there's probably five uniforms in the nfl that including this one that remind you of your childhood and of nostalgia when you start changing them too much even the shape of the numbers and the way that it's laid out like the new york jets did you make it look and the, and the tampa bay buccaneers did the same thing you're making it look like a different league like a arena football or some 
other league. It doesn't look like the NFL. You're, sometimes change isn't good, in my opinion. Well, I've made this argument on the show before. Because it's not really the fans. I think a lot of media members, and of course people outside of Los Angeles, who didn't see that uniform very often for 20 years, they don't get it. But I guarantee you a Packers fan gets it. And a Steelers fan gets it. And a Bears fan gets it. Because they have the same type of iconic uniform. That is the uniform you you attach them. You will never see the Packers uniform change very much. You will never no. see the Steelers uniform change very much. The same for nope. the Bears. Those uniforms are pretty much what they are. And it's the color mix. It's the players who don the uniform. And I think a couple of factors here. The fact that the Rams left L.A. is one factor. And I hate to say it. I really hate to say it because I don't think it's fair. The Rams, they never got that Super Bowl wearing that uniform in L.A. No. They had the 1951 variation. They won it with that uniform in St. Louis. In the road uniform, yes. And so, mm-hmm. it's the team itself, overall, has had many successes over the years. The problem with the Rams has been, they've also had a lot of, not just bad years, I'm talking really, really bad years. And when you look at the overall record of the franchises and their failures, as well as successes, it's easy to dismiss their uniform and their their image, because they've been bad a lot, and people forget about them. But that uniform, I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now of Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley wearing that uniform. And honestly, there's nothing more beautiful in football. I'm serious. No, I mean, it's the only thing that comes close to it, in my opinion, is the Chargers powder blues. It comes close, but it's still not for me. You know? No, of course not. It's not going to. But that would be the runner up. Yeah. So they're wearing that in week one in, Col- in uh, Carolina. And mm-hmm. that is going to be because of the heat. They're going to try and tire the Rams out. Next week at home, they're playing their whites against the Saints. So that's actually smart. The Saints will be in their blacks in like 95-degree heat. Week three at Cleveland in the white. And here's well, the week four is the Bucks at home in the white. See, this is, I think, where people get annoyed because they're almost in white almost the entire season. Week five, white. Mm-hmm. That's at Seattle. Home, week six, that's what you're talking about, white. Yep. I mean, I would be getting irritated if I love that uniform. Week seven at Atlanta in the white. Here's the frustrating thing. In London. London. It's in London. They finally wear the uniform again, which is cool because the the international fans get to see it. But you mean to tell me the Rams are not going to wear that uniform at home before they go do it in London? I'm just exactly. saying, I mean, that would bother me a little bit. I don't mean this is as a criticism of the Rams, by the way. I'm sure they have their reasons. I just kind of wish they would tell the fans sometimes why. They don't have to tell us everything because... I bet I mean, you it's something as stupid as we're going to wear these white ones as much as possible because we have to try to sell as much as this overstock that we have all over the world, not just in our organization, but they have these jerseys everywhere. And after this season, they're all going to get lit on fire if they don't get bought. <laughs> or they're going to get sent to like, the Salvation Army or something. I mean, maybe they're testing the whole white helmet thing, for all I know. Week 10. No, I think what, what they're doing is... Uh, so, people, a couple of people said the, new, the three colors or the four colors that are going to be integrated into the new uniform, which is a little disturbing for me because one of those colors is not royal blue. 
It's navy, which is the exact same color of the helmet without the horns. It's the traditional yellow that goes with the throwback. So it's navy, yellow, navy, yellow, and white were the was the color scheme that the, that Nike is going to use. And I didn't see the royal in there. And I don't know if this is um, true or not. I'm trying to do a little bit more digging to find out. But if it's true, I, I'm not happy because royal is gone. If they do that, I think. It would be a huge mistake, and I think the fans would. I, I think it would actually do a lot of damage to the relationship with the, far, with the fans. One of the things the Ram, to me, one of the things the Rams organization did not do well in their first season. I don't think they listened to the fans very well their first year. I, I think that they got lucky, and that they made a smart hire with Sean McVay very quickly and helped turn the performance on the field around because. The public relations of that first year were not very good. And I don't think it was, but think about it this way, though. They were a little busy moving the team. Oh, sure. But, I mean, this is not, hey, I'm attacking the Rams or horrible people. This is the reality of what happened. Whatever the reasons are, it's not meant to, to trash the entire organization. It just It's a fact that was not very good in terms of public relations. Yeah. And one of the things that I heard numerous times was this belief that the Rams are not listening to the fans. They're telling you they're listening to you. They're, that they're not going to screw this up. Well, if you get Royal Blue on that uniform, they're going to screw it up. Point yeah, blank. think about Okay, so look at, are you looking at the throwbacks I mean, right now? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I said so, Navy. I meant to say Navy Blue. I should have said Royal Blue is what we want. If they put Navy Blue on that uniform, it is... So try to picture this. Look at a picture. Look at a throwback picture right now of a player. I'm looking at Brandon Cooks wearing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So imagine the jersey and the blue socks um, were navy instead of if they matched the helmet. If they were navy, what would that look like? They're going to look a lot like West Virginia or Michigan, not exactly. The Rams. It will. It will, and it will look like a reverse color scheme of the color rush. You're right. It would. Exactly reverse, and I think that'd be a, a huge mistake. I hope they, I, yeah, they they cannot do that. Man. They that do is, that. they're turning our uniform into a color rush uniform if they do that. So, I mean, I have no idea if they listen to our podcast. I, I just don't know. I'm sure every once in a while, some of the organization tunes in just just for giggles. I have no idea how seriously they take our podcast, but they do know that we have people on our staffs that, and I'm talking about the overall Rams podcasting universe, that are locked into how the team, how the fans feel. So hopefully they're listening to fans and feedback with the means with you guys and to the podcast and to other forms of ways of getting a hold of these fans. Man, all you have to really do, seriously, just send a survey out to the fans, to the season ticket holders, and you'll get your answer. Yeah, he, they, I mean, they've surveyed of the season ticket holders you know, they mm-hmm. they sent us emails and stuff, and we that's what I talked about with Kevin in person when we were at the breakfast, and that's when he told us, you know, we're not going to screw this up. We've, we've given Nike our our color schemes that, and he said at the table when we were all sitting there, he said, the throwback colors are by far, and it's not even close, the most wanted uniforms on a permanent basis. S- uh, at a distant second, was the Deacon Jones uniforms? Mm-hmm. That sounds about right, and and, and that was, and that was it. So he he basically assured us, "Look, guys, come on, it, it it's going to get tweaked a little bit by Nike, but we're we're not going to we're not going to screw this but, up, guys." But so the I'm going to take is, his word for it until then. 
but the reality is, Tommy, is people don't trust Nike either. Look at some of the designs they put out recently. Well, yeah, they got these kids, man. They, I don't know what they're thinking looks cool versus what the rest of us think looks cool, but those those uniforms that, you know, the Jets and the and mm-hmm. Tampa Bay and the, the way the numbers are shaped, they look really corny. Well, Tampa's... You know, like, like some AFL crap. Well, the Jets one, it, it, I didn't like it. I didn't care if I had problems with it. But to me, the Tampa one is egregious. And I don't know if you yeah. saw the recent Michigan State one. Oh, my gosh. That is actually one of the worst uniforms I have ever seen. Could not believe that Michigan State would consider wearing that thing. And you got Oregon Ducks out there just wearing whatever they want, and they'll come out in a different color every week, and it looks super cool. You know what I mean? Like they, They're definitely one of those organizations that bring style to uniforms for sure. But even Oregon strikes out once in a while. Every once in a while, Every but most of them are pretty cool. Nike cannot screw this up. I mean, you would, the backlash would be phenomenally insane. I wanted to use an extra word there just to kind of really push that. Back to, real quick here, because we, we're running out of time. We didn't want to have too long a podcast today. The schedule, week 10 at Pittsburgh, or the Whites. So the Rams will wear their throwback blues for the first time during the regular season in week 11 versus the Bears. Week 12 was a color rush against the Ravens on Monday night. Week 13, the Whites at Arizona. Week 14, throwbacks at home for the Seahawks. Week 15, Dallas, they're wearing the white. Well, thank goodness for that, by the way. Honestly. Week 16, 49ers, Whites. And then week 17 versus the Cardinals, throwbacks. I'm kind of surprised that the Cowboys are wearing their darks. And the Rams are wearing their whites for that Cowboys game. Why not? The That's weird. Game? That's weird, right? It is weird. I thought that would have been a that would be a major, major, major fan happiness moment if <laughs> it were the exact mm-hmm. opposite. There. Okay, yep. it is time for us to talk about our sponsor, Jim Hawk, who's been a great sponsor for us. Has been highly supportive. I'm very, very happy that he's believed in us for a couple of years here, and his belief in us is is bearing some fruit. So thank you, Jim. His book is a major callback to Rams history. And you guys know me. They call me the professor around here for because of my history, my passion for team history, passion for American history. Well, I loved this book. And the reason why it mixes in history with the personal, because Jim is writing about his dad. So Jim Hawks, Hollywood team, grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's, it tells the story of the 1950s Rams. Through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the story of his dad. The team played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Reba plays with Norman Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Sirs, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spent the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollowsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollowsteam. It's available both in hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and on September 6th, finally, after... A bit of time here. It's been a while. The book is finally coming out in paperback. Folks, I've read cover to cover. It's really a great read if you like Rams history. It brings you back to that team that really kind of got into people's hearts just as Hollywood's kicking off out there in L.A. So it's a solid story. And don't forget that the proceeds go to Homeboy Industries, which seeks to get people out of the gang life and making them into productive members of society. Check it out. Hollywood's seen Grit Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. So, I have a couple issues here I want to bring up to you. One good and one not so good. The first part here is Jared Goff 
and the starters. Okay? The not so good. I think I have a problem with it. Words coming out now that Jared Goff and many other stars are not even going to Hawaii for this trip. And I understand why, Tommy. Why add the extra mileage on your body traveling? Why, you know, when you can stay home and, and just keep working out and get in shape? But it bothers me to see the team kind of broken up. Like, you should be there together. That's how I've always learned about your team is you be there together. I'm sure I sound naive and hokey, but it does bother me. Probably weird, but it bothers me. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you for sure. Listen, he doesn't want him partying in Hawaii, and that's what they're going to do. Right? Um, also, if I'm not going to play and suit up, do I have to go? I mean, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'd be asking. Do I got to go all the way over there for nothing? I ain't going to do anything. Might as well just stay home and relax and get ready to swing in the regular season. Sure, boss. All right, cool. I'm going to stay home. But that's just my personality. I just don't – I'd rather not go. And I don't – I don't. you know, I I see Sean doing things differently. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with guys changing things up for this younger generation. It's not a grind anymore like it used to be in the NFL. It's a it, – you know, it's a marathon, right? They're looking at it as a marathon, not a sprint. And they're trying to preserve the health mentally – and physically of their players. So by giving them, I think guys like Sean, you know, hey, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw you this bone, and now you owe me one, right? There's always an agenda. So there, that's my I favorite. get what you're saying, and you're not wrong. This is more of a personal thing for me. I'm a little more old school when it comes to team because I've coached for a long time, and and uh, even some coaches have struggled to disagree with me. It's the pro game. Keep these guys home. Keep them healthy. Keep them from partying. I, I get all that. I, you're not wrong. It's just a personal thing. It bothers me. And you're not. I'm not condemning them for it. It just bothers me. That's all. It's a, there. I just wanted to vent my gripe. I totally understand the perspective of it. It did. It just bothers me. A, just, I think it was the wrong way. I guess it's a better word for it. But it's not. It's something that's going to make me go. Oh, the Rams are horrible. How dare they do this? No, just personal gripe i wish they'd all go but i can understand why but here yeah, is i mean why you know because you know you got these other players and i know they won't have the nerve to say this to their coaches but if they did you know hey how come so and so uh doesn't have to come you know even if they're not playing how todd Gurley doesn't have to come and if i was the coach i'd say why don't you worry about yourself why don't you worry about that pass protection you you missed the other day stop worrying about what everyone else is doing do your damn job <laughs> Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. I would say to him. So there is a couple things here that I thought was pretty interesting, and that is Jared Goff. Some comments he had about being given that system quarterback label. Very interesting. On Wednesday, he said, in quote, and I'm getting this from the, the conference calls that came out, I don't have a feeling on it, Goff said Wednesday. I understand where that narrative came from, started from, and it doesn't bother me because I know what these people in this building think. The only opinions I'm concerned about are my teammates, coaches, and close family and friends. Anyone else, it doesn't matter to me, and they can say all they want. As long as we keep winning games, I'll be happy. That's the quote in relation to the assistant quarterback label. I like it. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, like you could it. keep... <laughs> Who cares what other people say about you? You know what I mean? Like, look at Tom Brady's a system quarterback. We can go there all day long. You know, would he be who he is 
Um, if he didn't have Bill Belichick his whole career, no, he wouldn't because he's not even that. He's not even a good athlete at all. Like not even a little bit. Okay, he's not. Jared Goff is a better athlete than Tom Brady. If they were to do some cone drills or whatever, and they were the same age, Jared Goff would smoke Tom Brady, and it's not even close. Okay, but look at him. Look at all those Super Bowl appearances. You know, it goes hand in hand. Some guys can carry a team without a coach, and some guys can't. We don't know, you know, who's who. We've never seen Tom without um, – you know, nobody can play quarterback under Jeff Fisher's system, right? I mean, only guys like Steve McNair, and that's because he had wheels to run around and run for Ooh. his life the whole time. But if you don't have a system in place to protect your quarterback and to give him the best chance to win, you're not doing your job. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't listen to that noise either. Look, Go look at my numbers. Go look at my record. And that's all you need to worry about. Well, I think after a while, you get tired of it. And quite frankly, if you're a Rams fan who has spent enough time watching film, you know, A, he's not a system quarterback. He's not. He can make throws with the best in the league. What he is a young quarterback who still has to learn to be that quarterback long term. He made mistakes a young quarterback makes. He made them in the Super Bowl. He made them in previous games. He is human. He is... You're ne- I think what people expect... With a young quarterback, I think they kind of treat these quarterbacks or football players in general like they're just all the same mold. They should all learn at the same rate. They should all develop at the same rate. And that's not really true. You, you have your late bloomers. You have your quick learners. You have people who pick things up a little bit differently. And I think what people forget is look at the system he played out at Cal to where he came here. It is a different system, and that takes time to adapt and become better at it, especially as you're getting used to that personnel. So to me, the whole assistant quarterback label, well, even if he were to be one, does it matter? Tom Brady is assistant quarterback, but Tom Brady's a Hall of Famer. He deserves every ounce of credit he gets because he learned how to be that quarterback in the system and excel at it. Props to him. Props, he's one of the best to ever play the game because he excelled in that system when other quarterbacks haven't. Yeah, and when you get to that level, you're only as good as you want to be. You're all pros. You're all there for a reason, right? You all made it to the NFL because you have talent. You're the best 1,500 in the world, right? You're mm-hmm. the best 1,500 players in the world, so you're all good. They're all good, right? They all can play. When you get to the pro level, it's all about effort. It's just like... I say about people who go to college and get master's degrees. Okay, that's cool, man. I, that You accomplished that. I'm proud of you. You did a really fantastic job at remembering the answers to the questions. Pat yourself on the back. Now use, let's see yeah, how good cookie. you can stand up on your own two feet in the real world and think without someone telling you how to think. That's what separates the great from the average. And they're just to kind of top off this part of the conversation, I just want to note what he had to say about this. He says, on how he became a leader, okay, this is from the, the press conference, how he became more of a leader on the team, and if he feels pressure because of it, that's the, the preface. He says, no, I think that's just the natural pr- progression of a quarterback, especially in my fourth year now, and in my third year of the staff, I think that just tends to happen. I've been in this position before in previous teams in college and high school where you grow into that role, and I think it's starting to become that even more every day as I continue to get more comfortable and my leadership continues to grow and I continue to try and be the best team I can be. I enjoy it. 
I think it's the way it's supposed to be, and something I don't take lightly. See, what I when I'm hearing that, and I hear the quote that comes later, the message I'm receiving is, you know what, I got better things to do with my time than worry about what some knucklehead who loses his job over at ESPN has to say about me. I'm serious. I have a team to lead. I have a Super Bowl I want to get. I have a responsibility here. I don't care if someone calls me assistant quarterback. I don't care if they think I'm not a top 10 quarterback. That's the kind of message I'm getting between those two quotes. Yeah, I mean, the difference between Jared, guy, a guy like Jared Goff and a guy like Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield will say that out loud at the podium at some point, and I can't wait to hear it. Jared Goff's not that kind of guy. He may be thinking it, but he mm-hmm. won't say it. That's just how, that's his personality. Baker Mayfield's the opposite. Someone's going to say something stupid at some point when he's at the podium and he's going to call him out, and I'm going to die on the ground laughing. I cannot wait. Well, you know what's weird, though? I don't know if I mentioned it last time we were out, but I went up to the Angels Indians game that Saturday, that weekend, and he was at the game. That's when he shotgunned the beer man, and it was the funniest freaking thing I have seen. Quarterback of an NFL team shotgunning a beer in front of 40,000 people at that stadium. It was hilarious. What was even funnier, though, was later on in the game when the people at Progressive Field there in Cleveland played the Hang on Sloopy, which is an Ohio State song, because he and Ohio State had some issues <laughs> when he planned the flag in the middle of Ohio Stadium. And they didn't show yeah. him then, though. They didn't show him. I think they were trolling him a little bit. But it was, um, <laughs> you know, he had the Lindor. It's, it's really funny to see this guy who was a pariah here in the state. Now, all of a sudden, people love him. And personality wins over people. It you, does. And he's fun. I like his yeah. personality. When I played football, I was so much that kind of guy, right? Outspoken leader, talk trash in everyone's face, keep it real, be honest. That's who I was. So I admire guys like him. And there's a a lot of guys out there who don't like him. And I think they're just haters. I think that they're jealous that they don't have the guts to be themselves. And it's okay to just be you. And you don't have to worry about what other people think. He's just being who he is. He's not putting on any shtick. That's who he is. I mean, you haven't seen nothing yet. Wait till a couple weeks from now when USA debuts their episode of the new Steve Austin show with special guest Baker Mayfield and they're out there, you know, (laughs) cracking beers and driving lazy boy go-karts. That's going to be funny. Oh yeah. Okay. So one last thing here before we go guys, and that is an article from Lindsay theory over ESPN. And I don't know if you all saw this on Twitter because she posted a video of it. His Aaron Donald's footwork, that footwork drill he ran, that was, let's just say it, bananas you know what i'm talking about right tommy you know what i'm talking about of course oh my gosh i watch all his workouts and everything and i i i can't say this enough people that are fans of the nfl in general college football football period if you're not paying attention to aaron donald you're missing history we're talking one of the best players to ever suit up is right in front of our eyes and people will look back in 50 years at the way people now look at guys like Lawrence Taylor, right? But because it's happening in front of their eyes, I I don't think people realize what they're seeing. How good he is. I think it's the same with, I'm going to use the baseball comparison because you know I'm an Angels fan. I think it's the same with Mike Trout. You look at his numbers and his numbers are outstanding, except he hasn't hit for that huge average a lot of these stars hit for. You don't really realize how good this guy is until you actually see him and quite frankly, the lineup he has around sometimes. 
and transcending player. You go back to the Rams, and it's easy because Aaron Donald's not a huge talker. It's easy to not realize how good he is. But what I really enjoy about him is that he treats it like it's, well, how do I say it? He treats it like it's a lunch pail job. He he goes to work every single day. And one of the things I said last year when the top mask extension was that I was concerned because he's on the shorter side. He relies on his speed, quick bursts of power. And usually for a guy who is a little bit underweight compared to many other defensive tackles who is a little shorter, once they lose that speed, that really becomes a hindrance, not a helper. So I was concerned that by the end of his contract, and he'll have lost a lot of steps, and that may happen. But what I like about him is that I think he seems to understand those things. Like, he doesn't take his mortality lightly. This guy works just as hard now, probably harder now, quite frankly, than he did his rookie year. The guy's a beast in the gym, just always getting better. And that's such a great example of what a star should be. He doesn't. He's not taking this contract lightly. He is devoted to getting better every day out, even though he's made his money. Okay, did you see Mike Dub Super Bowl pregame, Aaron Donald? I'm sure I did, but I don't remember. Okay, so he the whole time is wandering around that field by himself with his helmet on, talking to himself like a nut job. And his teammates are coming up to him left and right, you know, and he will turn the other way, like walk away from them, like get it, go away. I'm in the zone. You guys just stay out of my way. We're about to get this trophy. Like he was just psyching himself out. He's just mentally and physically on another level. He just flips this switch when he gets out there and gets in this mode, and no one's going to stop him no matter what. He is the greatest player I've ever seen. And if I wasn't a Rams fan, I would say the same thing. I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that what he's able to do on the field, a lot of times he's done that by himself. Some of the things he's done, you just don't see other players do. And that's not saying his teammates don't play a role. I'm just saying he's so good, he creates that stuff by himself. He's that good. He can completely destroy a good offensive line. The Patriots, last year coming to the Super Bowl, their offensive line was squared away, man. And when we had Matt Chatham on from the Athletic Boston, he, he told me, you guys won't get him. And he had plenty of reason to believe that, but they got pressure on Tom Brady. A lot of that came through Aaron Donald. Yeah, he slinged him on the ground one time Mm -hmm. so hard. Tom immediately turned around and looked at the ref, and the ref was like, no, dude. (laughs) No. (laughs) So He looked at him like, I'm not throwing the flag on that guy. Are you kidding me? It almost, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like, you want me to throw a flag on Aaron Donald? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And if the thing is, is, I, it's going to missing Sue this year, I think, will be a bummer. But if the, if Greg Gaines develops and it's something there where he can just take the double teams, it's a whole new game inside the de- defensive line. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am looking forward to see what he can do this year. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right, guys. It is time for us to roll. Get on out of here. You have any final thoughts today, Tommy? Um, looking forward to watching um, the game on TV this week just seeing the the kids get a shot you know taylor rap did so well against the raiders and henderson showed some bursts uh kaiser got some good plays in i know that first touchdown he got washed out um but he redeemed himself and he made some good tackles so i'm looking forward to watching those guys well 
I'll tell you, the guy you just mentioned, Michael Kaiser, that's what that's the one I'm pinpointing this weekend. I want to see him get some serious action. I really am concerned about the middle linebacker position, so I am zoning in on him and Bryce Hager and all those guys to see who can really get themselves that job in there. I'm, I'm cheering for Michael Kaiser because I've been a long-time believer for him in him going back to before he was drafted. So here we go. Michael Kaiser, let's see what you can do, dude. All right, folks. It's time for us to go. Before we do go, we are looking for sponsors for the season. If you would like to advertise with us or partner with us, reach out to us at RamsTop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have media kit ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget, we have another podcast on the network that's outside of football, and that is the Talking Halos podcast. And of course, on our network, we have Rams Uncensored with Tommy and his crew. You have Butting Heads with Steve and Johnny, and we have some stuff coming up just to... Just to announce, we have some stuff coming as well to further elaborate. In the meantime, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. On Facebook, you can go find us at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk or the Rams Talk Room is a group. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA. We are all over the place in terms of podcasts for Apple Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places. All that in mind. We would love to hear your comments. After the game, so send us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. Leave your thoughts with your name. Make sure it's clear. And on the post game on Sunday night, we will we will post your comments. We'll talk about. We'll answer any questions you have. Okay. All right. It's time to go for Tommy and the rest of the staff. This is Derek C. Paul saying, "Take it easy. Have a great one." And we are out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.